0: Lock, talk Radio.
1: This is Jonathan with the Million Dollar Mindset Talk Show on the Talk to Shea Radio Circuit, powered by EAE Radio. Super, super excited today. We got Jay Ellis, the entrepreneur, motivational speaker, fitness guru, T V star of the Hit B E T show. Uh the game he is showing the main Dollar mindset today uh in a few moments we're excited to have him on so we can talk about his journey, his grind, his successes, his failures uh and his mission uh to never stop and not to have any fear. This is the main mindset where every week we interview celebrities, power brokers uh taste makers, movers and shakers uh rebel innovators in the in the world of business and entertainment. Uh, as they look to leave their footprint solid on the ground in this industry. Once again, we have Jay Ellis of the hit TV show, The Game. He is joining the the podcast today. Again, this story of Jay is amazing, Um, what he's accomplished, uh, his background, educational background. Just You're going to learn a lot today about him and about uh, the different things that he has going on. So this is going to be so, uh, again, this is awesome, and we're we're glad to have him on the podcast today. T- today's podcast is sponsored by Avnio, the world's first cable TV socialite network. It is also sponsored today uh, by St. Patrick's Rice, one of the world's top rice companies in the world. So we're going to be talking a little bit about those two uh, products today uh, as we wait for Jay to actually join the uh, podcast. So we got a lot of interesting things to discuss today, a lot of different topics that we're going to hit on as well after the interview with uh, Jay Ellis, and it's going to be it's going to be really good today. So stay tuned, stay locked. Uh, We're expecting a lot of good fireworks today and a lot of good jewels in the game, just regarding life, business, uh, the stress of Hollywood, how to deal with it, and how to have a long-standing career and just the little things that you need to do to survive every day and to stay on top of your game. So, again, this is going to be an excellent, excellent uh, show for everybody to tune into and really get involved in. So glad everybody's on the line. We appreciate everybody's tweets and text messages regarding this interview with Jay Ellis of the hit TV show, The Game, which has been on BET now for about maybe a little bit over five years. So this has been a long-running show. Uh, Everybody on there, from Brandy uh, to uh, Wendy, uh, Rockwell-Robinson, a lot of people, uh, and there's more that are actually on the show. So that's that's actually awesome. So like I said before, we're looking forward to it, and this is going to be really good just regarding uh, all the information that we're going to be getting shortly, definitely. So we're going to play a little bit of music, and while we wait for Jay. I uh, got word from his management team that he will be on shortly, having a little technical difficulty. We're going to jump into a quick uh, music break. This is Classroom Majors um, with the with the song "I Want Her."
2: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she got a man I don't know if she got plans Tonight, baby, I can be a man Tonight, I'll make you understand
1: How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? Man, um doing great. Welcome to the podcast. You got the world waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, everybody, everybody been looking forward to this interview, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I apologize. I've been
0: running all day, literally like back-to-back with stuff.
1: It's all good. It's all good. Well, listen. Again, uh, I'm Jonathan Wright with the Main Dollar Mindset uh, Business Podcast, hosted on the Talk to shaylin circuit, powered by EAE Radio and Hot 94.7 out of Houston, man. We are excited to have you. Um, let's just dive right into it. People, Jay Ellis has, has joined the podcast, Entrepreneur TV, started the hit show, The Game. Um, today we're going to talk about his grind, his success, uh, his failures, his his fears, his strengths, Everything that he's his blueprint for taking over the game, and he's going to be dropping jewels on people that got people that want to get into the business of entertainment and the things you need to really survive. Again, Jay, we're honored to have you on the podcast.
0: Thank you, brother. Happy to be here, my man.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, Jay, do a little bit of background um, on you um, as far as you know, as far as with my assistant, and your story is crazy because you really grew up. As the only child, like in a military family, like traveling around and stuff, like in Germany and Philippines and stuff like that, right?
0: So my dad was in the Air Force, and uh, my kids, my my kids, my parents were super young when I was born, man. They were teenagers, and uh, my dad got in the service, and that took us, you know, all around. So I was the only child, and you know, every couple of years we were we were, you know, in a different place. I went to twelve schools in thirteen years, man. So I, I got to see see a lot and meet a lot of people, and, you know, it's uh it, it's crazy because when I actually auditioned for the game, the character was, part of that was already written for the character, so it kind of just fit.
1: Cool. So definitely having, you know, definitely being like a military, right, I mean, 12 schools and 13 years, I mean, you know, what was the, I guess, what was your mindset to be moving around so much and you had to, being a new town, new place, new friends—I mean, that had to give you some tough skin, right?
0: Yeah, man. You know, I, I think you don't think about it when you a kid. You just in it. You know, you don't necessarily know your situation until you can look back on it. Um, I, you know, I knew times where I wasn't happy because I was losing friends, or, you know, I knew that I would maybe never see people again. But at the end of the day, you know, you 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 find a way to survive. And so what I always picked up was. Um, you know, just how to make friends, you know, walking into a new building, meeting new people, and starting all over again, you know, um, mm-hmm. whether it be being the class clown or whether it be through, you know, basketball or whatever it was. Like I always found a way to, you know, to, to meet new people and, and relate to people. And so, uh, and, and you get picked on when you're not the new kid, you know, it's it's, it's all of that, and you just, you you, uh, you figure it out.
1: Absolutely. Well, you figured it out for sure because we're talking today on A Million Dollar Mindset. Um, your your resume is phenomenal. Just, just to touch on like a little bit about that, what, I mean, moving around so much, having so much change in your life, I mean, your foundation had to be strong with your parents. What type of uh, influence, I mean, how important was their influence on you going through those things uh, at that particular point?
0: very man you know i've been very very blessed um i I got my mother i've had my mother and my father in the house uh you know my entire life so you know seeing i think really more than anything seeing you know how young they were and seeing their struggle you know um and you know we lived in studio apartments for a while you know when i was a kid it was there was no bedrooms it was just the three of us in a room you know um and and you know, and then and they got on their hustle. You know, my dad did his training, and he did training outside of uh, the service. So, you know, his skills could translate to to to, uh, to commercial work, to privatized work out of the government. And my mom went at 27 years old, decided she was going to go to college. Um, she worked two, three jobs the entire time. You know, I would go to class with my mom. So we would go from, like, she was part-time at the YNCA. She was part-time as, like, a, a sales associate at – you know, a store in the mall in Austin, Texas, and then uh, she worked for an accountant, uh, an accountant. So she, you know, she would do that and then still go to class every night. So watching their hustle and watching what they went through to turn their life around, I think, you know, it, it is that is my foundation. You know, my foundation is two people who, you know, at a very, very young age decide, you know, when most people give up, most people walk away, most people are like, yo, this ain't going to work. These two thoughts. You know, and they they made it happen, and they decided that they were gonna, you know, they loved each other, and they loved the the, the seed they brought in the world, and they were gonna stick it out, and they were gonna better better their position, and uh, and that's what they did, man. So I, I I I I feel like anybody can do it, you know, and I get to say that because I saw it, you know. But uh, I I truly believe that you know you can do anything you want. A lot of it is mi- more of it is mindset than I think any than people really realize.
1: Right, and you talk about going to 12 schools in 13 years. You're talking about growing up um, in different countries, Germany, the Philippines. You talk about three people being in a room. You talk about having young parents. You talk about struggle. You talk about, you know, lonely nights, frustrating nights. Um, You talk about a lot of different things, which obviously helps give you you know, crocodile-type skin. If you, just to touch on the last point about your parents, because I believe that your youth is a strong indication of what type of foundation you're going to have in the future, depending on how you deal with your youth. What is the biggest thing that you grab from your parents uh, that made you stay so positive and, and, and just deal with all the changes? Like, like what if you could sum it up and, like, you know one word or one quick sentence i mean what did you learn the most from your parents early on vision i like I
0: think
1: that. my parents had,
0: my, par- my parents had an amazing vision for what they wanted in life you know like way before like having a um having what do you call those things like a uh inspiration boards and stuff like that mm-hmm. like way like my mom was doing that when i was a kid like a little 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 kid so
1: They always had vision.
0: They knew what they wanted both in their relationship, um, what they wanted to be able to provide their child, and then what they wanted in their life. And I think that, you know, I got to see that vision from start to where it is today. So a vision for sure, man, because I think there's hustle in that, there's passion in that, there's love, there's goals. Um, But, you know, to be able to have a vision, you got to have all those little blocks along the way.
1: Who, if you could think back, you you might not even be able to remember all this, but if you can think back, like who was the one person throughout all your moving around to those different schools and stuff that you could say was probably like one of your best friends? I mean, because I know you, it was hard to kind of hold on to people, but who you know who was one person that kind of you know stayed <laughs> on your brain? You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, it's crazy.
0: I um, it's it's a mix. I mean, I had an imaginary friend for a long time. So that dude, that dude went everywhere. He went everywhere. We did everything together. So, I mean, he, he's definitely, definitely, uh, uh, you know, one of them, although he's not real necessarily. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I had a couple of cousins along the way that were always around. Once I got into high school, it was a little more stable. I'm still super close with like four or five of my boys from high school. Um, but you know I, I real talk, I gotta say my pops, like you know my pops is probably one you know he's probably my best friend, he's probably one of my best friends, like he may not know everything, but he probably knows the most, you know i never i feel I've always felt like I could pick up the phone and be like, yo, x y z and he's you know he may judge some of it, he may not, you know what I mean, but he's always That's honest, you know,
1: definitely. Now, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. I want to talk about, because like I said, on the Million Dollar Mindset talk show, I mean, it's different. It's totally positive. We talk about, you know, your success, your failures. But most of all, we delve into just your psyche, how you think, how you approach the game. I want to talk a little bit about your hoop game, because a lot of you on a football show, the game, but you actually got a scholarship for flicking the wrist. Like, you got a scholarship for basketball, right? Yeah, you know, I played uh I I played,
0: um sorry. Uh I played in high school. I went to the school called Booker T Washington in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a huge sports school. Um, left there, and went to a private school and while I was there I got the we played in the state tournament like two or three years in a row. And I had a couple decent seasons, and I, you know, put together, like, a highlight tape and started sending it out, and coaches would call, and a couple coaches saw me playing games, and I got a chance to visit a few schools, and there was a school in Portland, Oregon, that, you know, they reached out, they offered some money, and I was like, that's where I'm going. So I got, you know, I got the opportunity to play college basketball at uh, Concordia is where I ended up, um, Concordia University in Portland, Oregon, yeah. Definitely. So you got you basically you really got game
1: because you the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm all right. I'm used to a system though. I mean, my coach was like was like Hoosiers. Like I'm used to a system. I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Like
1: I'm not just like Yeah,
0: I'm <laughs> I'm not just mad offense at you all the time. Like I know how to score in a system. Um but, but you know, I, I yeah, I, I still play every now and again. I play a lot in the summer times. I end up playing in, like, uh, charity games a lot during the summer. I,
1: I don't get as much
0: time to play as I used to, but um, I was all right for a little bit.
1: All right, cool. Let's fast forward a little bit. Now, you went there, you got your scholarship in basketball while you were attending Concordia. Uh, you actually launched a career with, is it, with Mold Models, international, which kind of put you in contact with four models. And then you kind of just took off, like Air Jordan, D Diesel, the Gap. I want to talk about as a black model. You know, I mean, a lot of us, you know, can relate to or attach ourselves to knowing who Tyson Beckford is because he's, like, one of the most famous models ever, but because he's black, you know, we know him. What was it like being a model at that particular time early on in your career, being a black model, being a good-looking model, being having swag and everything, what was the competition like? What was your mindset like? What kind of pressure was it to actually be a model? Because that was a, that was a very critical point in your career, because those things is like boom or bust in that world. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot right, of people right, right. Get, you know, a lot of people go to drugs, different outlets, because they they wanted so bad, but you actually made it to the finish line. So talk a little bit about, you know, that part. What was your mindset during during those times?
0: You know, it goes back to uh, hustle, man. I mean, there weren't a lot of black cats. There weren't a lot of cats who looked like me. A lot of agents didn't like taking on black models because they would get to New York and they would all leave because they didn't want to stay. They didn't want to, like, you know, go through the journey and, you know, You gotta work out every single day. You gotta eat right. You gotta go to like four or five castings every single day. You know, you gotta find an odd job sometimes just to make, just to have a little bit of cash. You live in a house with like ten other models. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's all dudes in the house. It was like a frat house. You know, so a lot of dudes. When I first got there, a lot of agencies wouldn't take me on just purely based off of that. And so I was like, yo, I'm not that. So, I if you wanna rock with me, if you if you like my look, cool. Then let's just do it don't say you like my look, but you don't want to rock with me because of something that's happened in the past. Let me be me and maybe let me prove the, your past wrong. You know, maybe let me try something different. And so, you know, I, I got an agent who let me do it and uh, we rocked out. You know, I, I did that for like two or three years and uh,
1: got to travel
0: all over the place and got to do campaigns for some huge companies. And, you know, my face was on billboards and in magazines and it, it was, uh, it was really, really cool, but it's one of those things where you realize, you know, although it's a it's a cool little life, you know, it's 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 not fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling for me. Let me rephrase that, um, because you know you're you're being hired based off of what you look like. Nobody's asking you your opinion. Nobody's asking you for a talent. Nobody's asking you for skill. You know, it's purely based on what you look like and just who I am as a person. Like, I love input. I love creating. I love trying new stuff. Um, And and I wasn't going to get that with modeling. And so, you know, my mindset was to get the most I could out of it and then move on to the next thing.
1: Exactly. So you knew the importance of optimization in the environment that you were in. And I like your honesty. You know, one thing that I like about you, I like your veracity. You know, just your truthfulness. You know, you're very truthful about different things. But I mean just the diet staying with ten different mottos. I mean, because people think it's a life, but it's really it's a life, but it's the extreme life because you gotta everybody's looking it's like people think when you graduate with a degree from law school that you're actually a lawyer. Well you're not. You gotta pass the bar, but that's not it because as you pass the bar you gotta score in a top percentage to actually be awarded the license to practice law. it's kind of like that with a model war. It's like it it just levels to it. You got to go up, 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 and you actually, you know, got to that point where you were like you went through all those different emotional toll booths, the financial toll booths, just everything it takes to, you know, just the grit and the grind of shaping and molding who is now Mm -hmm. J. Ellis, the TV star in Hollywood. I want to talk about when you – were featured in the Air Jordan brand, the Diesel, the Gap. How did you, how did your parents feel? And, and the reason why I go back to that only because you said earlier that your dad was like your, your guy, you know, which is, which is, which is real cool because I'm real close to my father. So, how did your parents feel when you told them I'm in Air Jordan brand, I'm on billboards, I think I'm starting <laughs> something big here. Like, what was that conversation like when you picked up that phone?
0: You know, I never told them. Um, wow. I, uh, the first time the first time my parents saw me in something, I think one of my cousins, one of my little cousins, he was probably about 9, 10 years old at the time, he saw me in the mall. He saw me hanging up in a foot action in the mall. And he was like, I think that's my cousin. <laughs> and so he runs out of the foot action and goes and finds my mom, who he's at the mall with. She runs back, and she said, and, you know, he brings her in, and she starts screaming. Immediately she calls me, and she's like,
2: why are you mm-hmm.
0: hanging up in foot action? You you up in the mall. So, you know, I went on to explain, like, oh, you know, i just been modeling to make some extra money, and that's it. You know, I never really said that I was <laughs> doing it full time. I never, I never told him I was doing it full time. I never, you know, I think part right. of this, too, is, you know, my, my parents came from from. from from nothing to some degree, you know. So to watch, right? My mom hustle her way through college and then get her master's. To watch my dad go back to college in his forties, you know what I'm saying, and get and get his degree. Like I felt like, you know, all they busted, all they worked for, and like, you know, strive for, um, wasn't for me to turn around and be like, oh, but I'm making money off my face. You know what I mean?
1: I right. Like, you want to from.
0: Yeah, you know they hustled because they wanted me to go to college. They wanted me to be an attorney mm-hmm. or a doctor or whatever I wanted to be. But ultimately, you know they 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 you know that was my own perception of what my parents wanted from me. And uh, and so I was I was I was a coward. I was afraid to tell them because I didn't want them to be like you know what what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? You you can't do that. Um, but on the flip side, when they actually found out, they were you know they were thrilled. They were elated. You know what I mean? Like. They would call me all the time, saw you in a commercial, you know, saw you in this magazine, send me the clippings, you know what I mean? Like, they would always call me about some stuff. So that was really, really cool. What I realized is that, like, you know, my thought of what I expected them to want was wrong. And and it it caused me to, like, put this, like, pressure on myself um, to hide something, and I didn't need to do that. When I could have just been like out the gate, I could have just said what I needed to say and would have had their support. Um, but it was cool to know that you know once it you know once they got to see it, were you know they were in one hundred percent.
1: Absolutely, I want to talk a little bit about adversity. Everybody faces adversity, whether it be through whatever you know unforeseen circumstance, a sickness, job, you know, rejection. What was in your mind? before you got on the game and all that stuff blew up and, and the Kardashians, which we'll talk about that, what was the biggest point of adversity for you up until that point? Like what was the biggest adversity barrier that you faced that you had to jump over?
0: Um, You know, it's, it's, it's one I still work with every day and it's being, you know, a black male in this industry. I mean, it's, it's no way around it, you know, it, we're seeing it, I think, you know, in the streets of, of uh, you know, we're seeing it in Florida, we're seeing it in, in uh, South Carolina, we're seeing it in New York, we're seeing it in St. Louis, it's like, you know, nobody wants to give us, nobody wants to reach, very few people, let me say, want to reach out and, and give us a hand or help us out or think, or not seeing something loaded and something negative of us, and give us an opportunity. And oh, this—I mean, this, this it ain't much different, you know. Um, gotcha. No, I feel you. And it's—and it's something that you constantly, you know, you're always in a push and pull with. I think whether—and I think that's no matter what position you hold, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or, you know, laying sandwiches at Subway. Like no matter what it is, I think that you know we—you you always. That that's just always on people's mind, even and even if it's not on their mind, subconsciously it's somewhere back there. So it's always a fight, I think.
1: Absolutely. Well, but, you know, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Listen.
0: Go ahead, um, But on the flip, but on the flip side of that, you know, I'd have been broke. <laughs> broke, 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 broke. Um, you know, and spending money, dumb spending money when I was young, and had boots on my tires because I didn't pay parking tickets and. You know eating top ramen for like a week straight because I had spent money in the club, like I did stupid stuff, you know stupid young stuff too, so you know there's always struggle, there's always growth, there's always immaturity um and then maturity, yeah uh, so you know I, I think I took those steps like a lot of people do um but sometimes I think you just gotta look at adversity. you gotta look at adversity and say yo i i'm I am better than that, so I am going to challenge that I'm gonna beat that.
1: Absolutely. Well, adversity is like my dad always told me. It's like tuition. You have to pay it to graduate at that yeah. point. You know? Some people pay more tuition than others You know, right. because they keep putting themselves back in bad situations. I want to fast forward, uh, and, and first of all, kudos to you. Great answers. Appreciate your answers. Appreciate your honesty. I want to talk about fast forward to where we get into the acting part. Um, keeping up with the Kardashians, you hit that in 2008, and Millionaire Matchmaker in two thousand eight. How did those two roles come about for you? <laughs> people ask me about
0: this all the time, man. I have not been on either one of these shows. I don't know okay, how cool. it happened. I don't know how it happened, but people ask me all the time. I've not done either one of those.
1: Absolutely. Well, nothing bitch nothing gain. Absolutely. If Definitely. I missed,
0: if I was a if I was on Kardashian, on the Kardashians I'd probably be a lot more famous. <laughs>
1: Well, that them, girls, them, girls, them girls are famous. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's the great thing about what we're talking about, because there's fame. To me, there's fame in the media, and I'm not knocking anything that they've accomplished, because to me, their fame, you know, we all know how their fame kind of, and, and I'm going to speak from my perspective, their fame shot to the top through an unconventional way that's just to be professionally cool with everything. It came about, they're here now, and they're doing their thing. They're trying to make the most of it. But you are an actor. You are a Hollywood bonafide actor. Emotions, blood, sweat, tears. So no knock to none of them, but it's no comparison to you and, and the Million Dollar Mindset Show perspective as far as how famous you are because you can actually go to a school and teach kids, like Malik Yoba was doing back in the day on mm-hmm. how to act, how to make it. They they can't do that. It's a difference. And uh, uh, why they uh, can't uh, do it is because that's just not their lane. Not knocking them. That's just not their lane. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why your lane. So even though you say you know you're not as famous as them, which is true, because of the type of world we live in. But your acting, your dedication, your passion to life, your passion to your craft is going to carry you on a whole different level than what you could ever imagine. That's why, And that's why you are where you are. So I'm glad we even hit that bump in the road with that. I'm glad we asked about it because it was on the sheet from my assistant. But it's good because this conversation came about because you make a difference. Let's let's jump right into the game. How did that process go as far as you connecting with that show, with all these great actors that are on the show?
0: You know it, it it happened like most things here happen you know it was just it was day after day, audition after audition, class after class, and uh finally one day my you know it was just after pilot season, which is the time people audition for all the new shows that end up coming out in the fall. But my um, reps called and said, hey, there's there's a, a uh, audition for you over at the game. They're adding a character. Actually, we didn't know the time they were adding a character. We just knew there was an audition. We thought it might have been like a recur or a guest star. So I go over and I do it once, and then I come back and do a work session. And then, you know, uh, it ended up being eight auditions in total. It ended up being eight times that I, you know, ran the material in front of a casting director a producer, uh, showrunner a writer or whatever ended up being eight times later when I chemistry read with Lauren at the network and she had already had the job at the point at that time. And so I auditioned against three other people and uh, we all chemistry read with her. And, uh, and that was that man. You know, I, I, I kept going back, kept going back. And I remember calling our reps like, yo, if they want me, if they don't want me, or if they do it's want clear. me, then what's the problem? Like, why do you keep got me coming back so many times? And, um, uh, you know, a week later, they ended up seeing one more person because they give you a week after you after you initially do your test. They give you a week; they have a week to tell you an answer. And they tested one more actor uh, uh, in that time in that time frame. And they called me like two days later and told me I had the job. Man,
1: wow! I want to ask you a very important question, Jay. What do you think is your is your best quality is your best quality as an actor. Like, when you look in that mirror, it's early, and it's early in the morning, you're about to start your day. You Let's say you're going for a casting call. What do you say is that was why? I mean, when you look in that mirror, just you in the mirror, what, what do you think is your best quality as an actor that makes people say, I need him? What is that thing? What is your thing? Oh, man, I have no idea.
0: I don't, I don't know if I ever thought about that before, man. You know, I... I I would like to say, you know, I I hope that, I hope that, like, connection, human connection, I hope that, like, I'm able to connect with people, whether it's in a room, whether it's through a TV screen, whether it's on the phone, whether it's the radio. I would always hope that I'm able to connect with people. So I don't know if that's humanity. I don't know if that's passion, if that's love, if that's, you know, that the quote-unquote it factor that people used to talk about in this town. I don't know what that is, but you know, human connection is such an amazing thing. and I think we take for granted, uh, how connected we are as people, um, whether it's, you know, in a moment with someone or whether it's, you know, around the globe, I think we take, we take it for granted. And one of the things that, you know, I, I always try to walk in a room with is like, you know, a handshake and a smile to every single person that I possibly can talk to. Um, because it's just cool. It's cool to know people and meet people and see people react and learn people's stories. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a quality. I'm not sure what it is, but I, I know it's I, what I hope to. <laughs> what
1: I hope to do. I think what I I know because I I've watched you on the game personally, so I could just say from my own opinion, I think you had a cool factor. I think that when you're on TV. It just looks like you're always in control of the scene, like you're always in control in the moment. It's like you, it's just like you have that Tom Brady ish fourth quarter, twenty seconds left. I'm still gonna throw a fifty yard bomb. Type that's just the energy that comes across my fifty inch flat screen. You know what I'm saying? That's what I feel. It just seems to who don't, you know what I'm saying. So who don't want who don't want that Tom Brady factor? <laughs> that but that's what it is. I'm a hashtag that. It's that Tom Brady fact. I just feel like I just feel like at any given point when it's seen when you're in scene, I just feel like you're in scene all the way. This this just you can adjust to anything. That's what makes. And trust me, I'm not a big Tom Brady personal fan, but he is a winner. You know, so you that's know why what? I look at when I yeah he's a winner. I'm not a personal fan of his. I would never probably have a cup of coffee with him. but, but from a respect aspect, I, I give him that. But you on screen in front of lower london and everybody else you just you're in the moment man it just feels like you're supposed to be there you know and that's the difference with you when you're on screen so that's what i want to tell you about that's the biggest thing i want to talk about what what do you have new going on right now in your in your busy hollywood life what do you have going on new right now man you know um
0: uh, from a personal place, I'm just trying to live moment to moment, to be honest with you. Uh, but, but, but from a career place, from a work, from a workplace, um, you know, I'm working on two different web series, um, that I'm producing, writing, directing, uh, get out there in the world. Uh, and then I just, I just wrapped a, a pilot with Issa Rae for, uh, her pilot on, on uh, on HBO. It's called Insecure. Um Okay. It's a great, great, it's a great crew cool of people. I mean, Issa is a mega talent, man. You know, her YouTube page is gargantuan, and, you know, and now here she is, and she has her own show that she's executive producing and writing and starring in at HBO. So that was really, you know, very an amazing thing because she's, she's a beautiful person, a beautiful spirit. So it's great to work with her, and uh, the director, Melina, was phenomenal, and our showrunner, Princess, has, like, been around and knows this city and knows comedy, so that was really cool. Um, uh and then I you know, I'm out here just, you know, writing and trying to do a couple other things. I got a couple of movie projects that I'm working on and uh T V projects. I'm just trying to stay busy, man, I'm trying to create, trying to tell good stories.
1: Good, good. Do you have um do you have any kind of directing ambitions or, you know, working with indie film makers to kinda of maybe, you know, launch like a little mini network of your own to kind of showcase talent? From the future, Spike Lee, or the world, anything like that.
0: You know, I I really believe in 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 young directors because um, you, everybody's got to get a break and everybody's got to get a chance. Right. So, you know, I, I do right. I do hope I, I hope one day you know I hope as my my career goes on, what I really hope mm-hmm. is to always be able to do that for somebody to work with somebody who has a really amazing sto- story who otherwise may not be able to get that story out there in the world. So I love indie projects. I I, I love you know, taking something to festivals, um, doing short films from time to time with my, either, you know, if the project's right or if my schedule allows it. Um, I I really appreciate those things because, you know, those things that would give actors their first bit of tape to go get an agent or a manager, which then gets them their first co-star, which gets them their first guest star, which gets them on the game. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how this industry works. Everybody's got to you constantly have to be cultivating talent and reaching out and helping and, and growing and, um, and and that's how new ideas come out and new material and again new actors you know so uh, I definitely I love that stuff man all
1: right well I, I have two social media questions one 15-second commercial I'm gonna let you get out of here on um, the first social media question is from at classroom majors that's at c l a s s R O O M majors M A J O R S. Um, that's a group based out of Atlanta. Big R and B indie group. They got a question. They've been watching the game for four years. I mean, for a few years now. Here's their questions. Um, their question to J. Ellis is: Between Brandy and Laura London, if you had to pick one to be to be your lead <laughs> lady in a movie, who would it be? That's from Classroom Majors.
0: So what's up? <laughs>
1: the that question, uh, man, I just got yeah. to ask. I know I put you in a hard spot, just keep it in a hundred wood. That's what Classroom maybe. So that's their question. Uh,
0: you know, I, both of them are absolutely amazing. I would love to work with both of them as my leading lady. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to pick Elle just because we started the game together. You know what I mean? And we did that journey together and we did that ride together, and I forever look at her as like a sister and as, you know, as a as a really, really, really good friend, man. I think there's so many things I learned from her, um, and and you know, her perspective and my perspective on her and you know, and, and where we ended up and how we were able to work together. So, you know, I, I I would always love that opportunity to work with her again.
1: Man, nice way you answer that. Fifteen second commercial break. Um today's show is sponsored by Omnio. OVNIO.TV is the first cable social network that allows you to watch television and socialize with your friends. Try now for free. Simply go to OVNIO.TV and subscribe. That's OVNIO.TV and subscribe. Watch cool channels from your laptop or desktop. But remember, OVNIO works for Google Chrome and Firefox browsers only. Enjoy today. That's OvniO. TV. Um, last social media question. This social media question right here is actually um, coming uh, from. Hold on a second. Okay, the last social media question right now is actually coming from Matthew uh, B. Schultz. Uh, Matthew B. Schultz, I want to ask you a question: Is uh, is this right here? Is do you feel like you could have played the role in? Uh, What's the, do you feel like you could have played the role in the new Tanai Latham movie just as good?
0: Uh, which one? Like Mike role. Mike's role? Yeah, Mike's so role. Or so
1: Morris' role? Mike's role. I feel like I could have like, played Mike's role. Yeah, Mike's <laughs> role. I feel like I could have played Mike's role. Could you have played the stalker? He just texted me. A, could you have played the stalker role? That's what he said.
0: Yeah, I, I I would love to do that. I feel like that would be, you know, that's not who I am as a person, thank God. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that I love about acting is, like, mindset. You get to be in somebody else's mind for a little bit and, and think how they think. And, you know, there's a little bit of weird psychology to it. You figure out, like, why does this person do this? Or why do they say this? Or why do they act mm-hmm. like this? So, um, you know, it would definitely be interesting to play that. Uh, but that was Mike's role. I mean, he crushed it. The dude is a yeah, star. He He's a... He's a major talent, man. I hope to be as a tenth of good as he is one day. But, but uh, I definitely would do that 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 role if it was, if you know if I had the opportunity. Absolutely.
1: One more squeeze in role. Um, squeeze in social media from at I am Gina Love. Is this right here? What if if you had to be in a comedy movie, who would you want to be your wing guy? Kevin Hart or Mike E. Oh, Mike. Oh, oh, oh. Can they
0: both be in the movie though?
1: If they had to play a wingman, who would you want to be in there?
0: But can they both be in it? If one of them is the wingman, can the other one still be I'm gonna go with Kevin just because of the height difference cuz it's a lot of funny in that cuz I'm 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 tall. But you I see mean, But but I mean, F is my dude. Kev's my dude. Yeah, just, I I don't know. F is guy. my dude.
1: F is that guy. is that guy. guy.
0: Es is that guy, but okay. Kevin's my dude too, man. So I, you know, yeah, what I would love, Kevin what I would love, fire. what I would love to do, what I would love to do is have one of them as my wingman, and then one of them be like the adversary.
1: One of them be like the bad dude in the movie. Mm. Okay. Okay, I got one more question. This is by Brandon Laura London again, and Wendy Rickwell. If you're stuck in the elevator and only one of you, and you're going to pull one of them out, and it was burning up, who would it, and the building was burning up, who would you pull out of the elevator, Laura London, Brandy, or Wendy McClure, which one? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I'm going to throw myself in there. We all going to go down.
1: Wow, So you're going to do got... the whole Wayward Pines thing. I'm going <laughs>
0: to be, be chivalrous, man. I'm going to throw myself in there. We all, We all going down.
1: Okay, absolutely, man. All right, great. And um, let's drop your social media links real quick. Like, how can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Talk, give everybody your links real quick. Uh,
0: my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. It's J-A-Y-R-E-L-L-I-S. That's J-R Ellis. My Facebook is the real J-Ellis.
1: All right. And have you enjoyed being on the main Dollar mindset? I mean, what do you think of it?
0: Absolutely, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, letting me get on here.
1: Definitely. What a million dollar mindset has enjoyed having you on the podcast. Any final shout-outs you want to give out?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. Just, just just, what's up to everybody. I'll see y'all soon. Be, be on the lookout for Insecure uh, on HBO
1: at some point. Absolutely. And this broadcast will be playing again on Desert Storm Radio. Within a week, you'll be on my weekly show on Dead Store Radio, the world famous DJ Clue, between one and four. JL, as you are a class act, you're super professional. Thank you for being on the Talk to Shaylen Radio Circuit, powered by EA Radio and Hot 94.7, Houston's number one station. And we're gonna come back and you know have you on again, definitely, so you can talk about the next projects you have and everything you got popping. We definitely want to stay in touch with you, and uh, and we'll be sending you uh, some uh, Instagram shout-outs, and hopefully, you know, uh, you can give us some Instagram shout-outs back. We appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, brother. I appreciate that.
1: All right. Take care, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, you too. You too. Right. Thank you. All right. No problem. Thank you.